Welcome to another episode of my show. I'm Father Roderick, and today we are going to talk about music. Music is so important to all of us, and music has the power to influence our mood, our emotions. It is connected to important moments in our lives. It can even change our lives. So that's what today's story is about. A number of years ago, I was uh, driving with my three fellow priest friends in the mountains, and I think it was in, in the Pyrenees. We were on vacation in the south of France. We wanted to see some mountain top, and we didn't want to walk all the way to the to the top, so we we drove as far as we could get, and then we were on our way back. It had been a very exhausting day. I was tired. I felt my legs. I had, uh, it, it had been a, a very strenuous hike. I love walking, but I'm just not used to climbing. And when you're starting to climb a mountain, you, you realize that you're using all sorts of muscles that in normal day-to-day -day life barely ever get used. And so after that that long like i think it was like four or five hour long hike we were back in a car and we were driving home and we were so tired it was already getting dark and father harry was the designated driver and he had a cd player in his car which indicates that this was quite a long time ago so he puts in this cd and he presses play and then all of a sudden we hear the music of the Lord of the Rings. Howard Shore, these amazing themes. And everything changes. You could, every once in a while, see the, the sun almost disappear between the mountain tops. There was a bit of fog that was rising up. And so sometimes when the sunlight would hit the fog, you would get that magical moment where everything is golden and it is as if you're floating above the earth. And then imagine listening to Howard Shore, listening to the sound of the Lord of the Rings. It was so incredibly impressive. I will never forget that at that moment, I felt like I, I am in the movies. This is a magical moment. And it was so incredibly powerful to have that music that I know from these very impressive scenes in the Lord of the Rings suddenly play in the car in stereo while we were driving on this curvy road through a landscape that absolutely could be the decor for, for future adventures in Middle-earth. And then every year, every subsequent year that I'm back in the car with Father Harry, at one point, we will play that music again. We will play the soundtrack for The Lord of the Rings. And it, it, it has become even more uh, dear to my heart uh, since this is, this is music that I now associate with the highlights of every and each vacation, with the beauty of nature, with how impressive and how diverse Europe is and, and how often the music itself almost translates in, in, in song, in, in notes, in melodies, this undescribable emotion that you have when, you are, when you're seeing this beautiful landscape. And it was as if that music opened my eyes and helped me to take in the landscape. Every time that I hear that music, it triggers this incredible positive feeling of adventure. I have this with other types of music as well. I remember um, uh, 
that uh, I think this must have been four or five years ago. Out of nowhere, I get a message from one of my followers on social media saying, hey, I've got tickets to a concert in Amsterdam and I'm unable to go there, but I have two tickets. You can have them if you want. Now, Amsterdam is, um, of course, a, a great city and it has one of the most in incredible um, uh, music halls in the world. The, 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 the national pride, as you could say. Um, so the, the music center in, in the heart of Amsterdam has a, a world-famous uh, acoustic quality um, that makes every music sound even better. Plus, the orchestra itself and its director are um, incredibly renowned. Uh, of course, the director and the members of the orchestra change over the years. But um, this is maybe one of the best places in Europe to, uh, to go to a concert. But the thing that actually really made me want to go was that this was not an ordinary concert. No, this was going to be Star Wars music. This was going to be the soundtrack by John Williams played by a live orchestra while they were projecting scenes of the movies on, the, on a big project, projection screen above the orchestra. So I needed no... Uh, no pressure to, to accept the invitation. I, I, uh, I got the tickets. I went to Amsterdam uh, with, a, with a, a work colleague at the time. And, um, and there we were. And at the entrance, of course, what do I, who do I meet? All my friends from the 501st, from the Dutch garrison, dressed up as stormtroopers and rebels. And they were asked to... Um, to, to welcome the guests and then in between the various pieces of music they would sometimes appear and walk around and add extra extra spectacle you could say to the whole um, musical experience now i recently found that footage i i didn't take my camera with me because i felt well, probably it's it, it's not allowed to film inside that concert hall uh, but I did have my phone. I think back then it must have been the iPhone 6. And so I filmed a little bit of the when they were playing the main theme of Star Wars. I was sitting on the left side in this hall where normally you would listen to Mozart or Beethoven or, or, or I don't know, Wagner. And, uh, but in this case, um, from the side, I, was, I could see the entire uh, stage. And then when they started to play... The Star Wars theme, it was as if I was hearing it for the first time. There is no comparison between listening to this music being performed right in front of you by real, <laughs> real people. Of course, there are always real people playing these instruments, but this was live and there was a, a, an energy in the air. And then seeing that music in combination with the, those images of A New Hope that I've seen hundreds and hundreds of, of times and yet it was it was a brand new experience um i i cannot remember a time uh where music made me happier than at that very moment what an incredible incredible music and it also uh i also noticed that because the of course, they played a lot of different uh, pieces from the various uh, movies. That uh, the 
there were nuances in the score. There were things that happened in the music that I've never noticed before. Even though I've seen those movies hundreds of times. I've listened to the soundtracks time and again. I, I know every single moment in that music by heart. But listening to it live and maybe it was also the interpretation by the orchestra, by the director. The music spoke to me like never before. It was so incredible. So that's another very powerful moment. So when I hear Star Wars music, actually, I, of course, think of the movies, but I also always think back to that one concert in Amsterdam where I heard it for the first time in my life, live, being performed live on stage. And um, an experience that's much more recent that came very close to this was in uh, Anaheim during the Star Wars celebration when it, I was uh, lucky enough to be present at the first panel, um, which is always the big one where you have uh, the, the, the famous actors and everybody um, of Lucasfilm was there. And and you never know what they are going to show, if they're going to have a new trailer or something. So I was very, very curious and, and excited to be there. But what happened then surpassed my wildest dreams because they um, had a, a bit about the upcoming uh, back then, still uh, unreleased new Indiana Jones movie. And on stage, all of a sudden, they introduce Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford says a few things. And then they say, there is no Indiana Jones without John Williams. And without that theme of Indiana Jones. And then what happened then, just everybody went crazy because an entire orchestra appeared out of nowhere. There was like a curtain that I thought was just part of the of the backdrop of the hall. But no, it was a curtain that they could move. And then there is this platform on wheels, and there is an entire orchestra sitting on the platform. And right there in front of the orchestra is Mr. John Williams himself. The guy who literally wrote the soundtrack to my life. And without... Any introduction without any, you know, uh, announcement, he lifts up his his baton, his uh, his directing rod, and and then it begins. And I'm sitting there like, oh my goodness, I am I am listening to a live orchestra, and it's John Williams himself who plays the theme of of Indiana Jones I I I am just exploding this is too much I've I've never had dreamed that that I would be in the presence of um, of, of one of the um, composers that I admire most of anyone of any music maker in the world and and then he goes on and he plays some some stuff from Star Wars the Imperial March obviously um, there is also uh, the um, the theme uh, from the, the the fight with uh, the Dar between Darth Maul and Obi Wan Kenobi and Qui Gon Jinn with an entire choir that starts singing. It was just insane, and it was it was at least twenty minutes of music, if not more, and and nobody could record it. That was forbidden. So it was also the realization that you know I I am among the lucky few that 
is able to experience this. Um, unbelievable. And it, 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 I was almost crying because that music, as I said, is the soundtrack to my life. I grew up with this music. As a, as a young boy of 10 years old, I was already listening to, uh, to my record player and I had bought the soundtrack to A New Hope, which wasn't the official recording because I don't think it was available in the Netherlands, but I bought um, uh, a rendition by the London Philharmonic Orchestra. I think it was the same orchestra that played the soundtrack, but this was... Um, I think the director was actually Zubin Mehta. Now that I think of it, which back then was a was a famous director, uh, music music director, and um, and so, but but it was slightly different from the version that you hear in a movie. So it's, I still felt like oh, it's it's not it's not John Williams, you know. But that was the only access I had to that music. So I grew up listening to that soundtrack over and over and over again, and and it's also again. Uh, connected to very happy memories. That music um, was playing in the background while I was uh, playing with my Star Wars figurines, while I was playing video games, all those moments where, you know, when I was listening to music, I wasn't in school and I wasn't making my homework. So that music is, is linked to happy moments in my life. And that is why I cannot listen to that music without feeling those feelings again, without... It, that music actually changing my mood. Um, this this um, incredible process in, during which we we associate music with moments in our lives that are that are pivotal or feelings that have had an amazing impact on us, and then the ability of music to bring those memories and bring those feelings back to the forefront is something that I've experienced over and over again. And not just with film music, not just with, with movie stuff. In fact, there is, um, there is music that I discovered while I was in, for the first time in my life, in San Francisco. Um, I traveled with my mother to her mother, my grandmother, who, who lived in, in San Francisco. And we were staying with her. And um, it, one of the first days that I was in San Francisco, I think I took the, um, the um, I think it's called a BART, you know, the, under, the metro system. And, and I traveled by myself to downtown San Francisco. And I, I just remember how beautiful the weather was. It was a spring morning. The sun was shining. It was still a bit chilly outside. Um, but I'd never been to San Francisco. And it, is, it was back then, still is, but it has changed a, a lot. Um, but back then, it was a very, a very friendly city. You walked around, and nowadays they have a lot of trouble with uh, with crime and with uh, drugs and homeless people. But back then, the streets were clean, everything, and, and people were just kind. Very different, I experienced later on when I was in, in Manhattan, in New York, where people are like the Dutch, you know, but not in San Francisco. People were very friendly. And I remember that I, I walked um, to, uh, um, there was a music store, 
And I was curious back then, I was a great uh, a collector of, of CDs uh, because there, there was no internet, I think, and uh, it, was, uh, it was not possible to stream music. So the, the way you, you discovered new music was by walking into a music store and just browsing CDs. And then you could ask uh, the people behind the counter if you could sample the CD. There would be a number of headphones and they would um, put the CD in a CD player and you could listen to it. And if you liked it, you could buy it. And I remember walking into that store and uh, and I was excited. I was like, ah, oh, I can't believe I'm in San Francisco. This is so cool. I'd already seen the cable cars and, and everything. And, um, and, and they were playing um, what sounded like a bit of kind of folksy music, um, but it had an edge. And I really liked that music. And it was just this, this like... What is this? I've never heard this music. I don't recognize it. And yet, I like this. I want I want the CD. So I went to the counter and I asked them, uh, who, who is this? What, what kind of music? Oh, it's, um, it's a new CD by Lisa Loeb. It just came out. Uh, it's, uh, the CD is called Tales. If you want, you can listen to it on the headphones, which I did. And then I listened to that to that a couple of, of uh, tracks from, from, from the CD. And I was immediately so hooked on that music. I, I have to get it. What I like about Lisa Loeb is it, it's um, she writes her lyrics herself, and they're very poetic. They're it's it's a little bit strange. You you don't know exactly what she's talking about, but the words it's very well well written music. The words in combination with music evoke certain themes, and these the, these lyrics keep you thinking. What what would this be about? And so it's more. Uh, the music helps you associate with things. Anyway, go and, and, and look up her first CD and you'll, you'll, you'll see what I mean. Plus, it was music that I'd never heard in the Netherlands and I was pretty sure that this would never be on, on the radio in the Netherlands. So I bought that CD. And again, when I was back, I, of course, really, really missed San Francisco. I had a wonderful time there. And I've been back there uh, a few times afterwards. But... Whenever I felt a bit homesick and I, I wanted to feel what I felt that morning in uh, on the spring morning in San Francisco, I would put on Lisa Loeb's music, and I would I would instantly be transported back to the streets of San Francisco. Now this happened also when I was visiting a few years later um, the incredible city of of Manhattan, downtown Manhattan. I was staying with the Paulist Fathers, um, very close to Central Park. And um, uh, Father Dave, uh, who is actually one of the Paulist fathers, he um, has a radio show. And um, I think we, we'd gotten in to know each other through podcasts and through the Internet because there weren't that many priests who were uh, using these, these newer forms of communication. And so um, I don't know exactly how it came about. But anyway, he invited me over to stay with them. And so I could just literally walk down the street and I'd be in, in the heart of Manhattan. It was one of the most incredible weeks in my life because, um, you know, when, when do you have that opportunity to walk around in Central Park in the morning and, and, and go into, I remember I walked into the, the Apple store, the big glass, what I think it was the first Apple store that they opened and, and to be there where, where all these big product launches had taken place. Um, 
and to go to the, the rooftop of some of these skyscrapers and see Manhattan. It, it was just such an amazing city. Every time I see Manhattan on TV, I'm thinking back of, of that week. I, I went to visit as many film locations that, that I could, like the library where you know, part of Ghostbusters takes place and um, uh, numerous other um, places in, in, in Manhattan. But at, at one, so I would spend most of my days, if I didn't have any appointments, I would just walk around in Manhattan. And so I would walk for 10 hours straight and just eat some fast food and, and just walk some more. I was, I was uh, very aware that this might be the only time in my life that I would have all this free time to visit Manhattan as if I lived there. And I remember... I was walking back. It was already pretty dark. I'd eaten something, um, and I knew that I wanted to be back home before 10 o'clock. Uh, and, um, and I was approaching Central Park and um, saw the Apple store on, on the side on, on my right hand. But then I hear this music. And I could tell that this was not a recording. This was live music. But I couldn't tell where it was coming from, but I did recognize immediately what music this was. This was Frank Sinatra, big band music. This was the music that as a child I had recorded on the, from the radio and I played over and over and over again, especially when I was like 15, 16 years old. Frank Sinatra, all those crooners, all, all that, the, Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, all that type of music was the only music that I played, maybe next to some film music. Um, and I knew all these, all these songs by heart. I was hopelessly romantic, I still am a little bit. And there was something about that voice, the golden voice of, of Frank Sinatra that always made me think of, of New York and of being in the United States, which I hadn't been to. Uh, but it was this, this dream. I knew New York from the movies, and I, I, I just so wish that one day I, I, I would be able to visit. And so I'm walking there in, in Manhattan, and I hear this orchestra playing the opening song, the, the opening uh, notes to New York, New York, and then there is this guy. And actually, in hindsight, I think that Frank Sinatra had already died. Um, but I hear a voice that is almost exactly Frank Sinatra. And I think it was his son who, who, who was singing there. And uh, you couldn't tell where the orchestra was sitting because there was, uh, I don't know, a fence or maybe it was somehow it was shielded off from the public. But I, now, in hindsight, I realize where that was. It was literally at the foot of none other place than Trump Tower. This was probably a private party, and, it, well, you know, Trump is known for at least pretending that he's very rich and that he's got a lot of in influence, and so he probably just hired an orchestra plus Frank Sinatra's son to play for his guests. The thing is, it was out outside. It was a beautiful... Uh, summer evening and so I was standing on the other side I think I might have even recorded it on on a podcast I should go back in, back in, in my archive I, if I can find it um, for, I, I'll put it on uh, uh, online for my patrons uh, by the way if you uh, want to join my patron community I, I often 
do some extra content for my patrons, uh, just check out patreon.com slash Father Roderick. Um, there are all sorts of different tiers with which you can support my work. Um, and in, as a thank you, I, I do extra content. Uh, so for, for instance, this show, the, the public show always has the story, like what I'm t- telling you right now, but then it also has extra content. I do movie reviews. I talk about technology and video games and all that. So, um, so for my patrons, I will, I will see if I can uh, dig up that, uh, that particular recording because I, 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 fe- I felt so privileged that I was walking there in Manhattan and, and I was listening to the soundtrack that had always made me dream of, of New York. Incredible. <clears throat> so uh, Lisa Loeb, from Lisa Loeb to, to Frank Sinatra to um, so much other music um, that has uh, still the power to, to immediately change my mood. Now, to wrap things up, there are a few tricks that I've learned with music to to help me get through the day because I often use music to change or control my mood and to influence it or to put me in the mood for something. Um, and I will give you some examples. If, if I'm um, a little bit down and I don't feel uh, like things are going my way or I'm, I'm a bit tired and sometimes I have these moments where I'm a bit I don't know, not not really depressed, depressed, but I'm a bit down and I'm just just not a nice day or the weather is terrible. You know, there is one playlist that I have on Apple Music that will always get me out of that sad mood and it is Disney music. Disney is incredibly smart when it comes to using music in their theme parks. Um, When I was visiting... Uh, Disney World in Florida. Um, I, I we walked through the through the gates, and the first thing I noticed was that there was music everywhere. I couldn't see the speakers. I think they were hidden. Also, like, the, the, but very strategically, everywhere you went, you would hear the same continuous happy soundtrack, and it was not Disney songs, but definitely th- this type of Disney music that is very bright, very cheerful, lots of hummable melodies, and it would accompany you all the way down the street, all the way up to the, to the castle. And, uh, and I noticed how much that really helped to set the mood. I was happy to be there in Disney World, of course, wonderful to be there. And then that music again immediately started to meld with the experience and with what I was feeling. And then every every attraction also has its own music. And I experienced this when I was um, uh, in, in Disneyland much more recently after or during the Star Wars celebration in Anaheim. There was one evening for um, uh, those that had gotten tickets uh, for for this special Disney night and we 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 could also visit the Star Wars part of the park and and you walk around there and the the one thing of course you see the Millennium Falcon and there's a big tie fighter and and an X-wing fighter that all helps there are some some uh, some of the cast members are dressed up as stormtroopers all wonderful but the thing that really sells it as you are in Star Wars is that 
they use the same speaker system to play Star Wars music all the time. And you're like, wow, I'm walking around here and it is as if John Williams is directing an orchestra that is now currently coloring this experience. It, it was very, very cool. So I have this Disney soundtrack that I play uh, whenever I'm in a rut and it immediately brings back those happy memories of my visit to, uh, to Disney World. I also do this with, um, with mornings. I have a soundtrack or a playlist for summer mornings uh, and, and springtime mornings, but I also have one for days when it's cold outside, when it's dark in the winter. Now, my, my spring and summer playlist has two components. It has a lot of Shire music. So this is music by Howard Shore and uh, some of the other um, composers. Also um, uh, a guy who composed music for Lord of the Rings Online. And I, I picked all the music that they use for the story that takes part in the Shire. Because there's something so cozy. Well, if you want to hear what I feel about the Shire and how much that is my my ideal place to live for the rest of my life, listen to the previous episode of this show because I I, I talk about my visit to the to the set of uh, uh, the film set of the Lord of the Rings in Mata Mata. But um, I have that Shire music, and then I also have uh, the ability to play um, sound effects on. Uh, in conjunction with the music on my Google Home system and on Alexa. I've got one Alexa speaker. And I use Alexa a lot for these. this... Back when my uh, Google Home system is busy playing music, I use Alexa to add sound effects. And the sound effects that I add are bird sounds. Just birds. I live very close to the woods now. So, in fact, in the springtime and the summertime... Now I just open a window and I hear birds. But in my previous parish, that wasn't the case. And so I would have the Alexa playing this, these, these bird songs. And you could even automate that so that when you wake up, it starts playing that music. And that is, you know, I linked it to my hue lights and the light gets brighter. And it makes for a very cool, cozy, warm up morning routine. And it is as if you're waking up in the Shire. Um, guaranteed happy feelings in, in the morning. Now, in the winter, um, I, I made another playlist, and this is a little bit of a, an experiment that I did. I wanted to create a Groundhog Day playlist that uh, in the winter I always try to wake up a bit earlier than in the summertime. Um, and I, I had created um, a, a routine that would... Um, start to play the the actual wave file of the beginning of Groundhog Day where Bill Murray's character wakes up and you hear that uh, the song on the on the radio and it's the same song every day because it's Groundhog Day and it even has the recording of the two guys and the, the banter and then it would play um, according to a routine it would always play a song from the era of the where the other songs from Groundhog Day come from so it's um, I guess it's like 70s music um, and it's a different number every day a different track and, and that too you know you wake up and it's uh, good morning it's Groundhog Day and I wake up with a smile even if it's in the in the middle of the winter it's still dark outside it just matches the, the mood in that movie which I love so much 
that's what I wanted to share with you today. Thank you so much for my patrons. I will continue the show with some extra content. Um, if you want to see more of what I do, just look me up. I'm all over the place on the internet and go to my website, fatherroderick.com. And if you want to join the Patreon community and listen to the extra content uh, every week, then uh, go to patreon.com slash fatherroderick. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll talk soon. God bless.